Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Schofield. Joining us tonight, my co-host, Ward Carroll, proud member of the class of 82, and Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette Newspapers and Baltimore Sun, and Chris Cervello is our producer. It is Army Week, ladies and gentlemen, and we are at our loyal sponsors, Dry D5, um, bringing you the third and final Army Week podcast. We are going to be joined tonight by a whole slew of class of 2000 grads, Murph McCarthy, Scott Shooter, Kelly Walsh, uh, also Admiral Tom Lynch. He is definitely not a class of 2000 grad, but we are going to have a star-studded lineup, and we have Ward back. Ward, what's it like being back in the fray? And catch us up on the YouTube phenomenon. Um, it's kind of scary to leave my attic, to be honest. As a YouTuber, I just hang out in my attic and make YouTube videos. Um, no, I'm, I'm having fun with it. It's, it's going well. And uh, I left my day job a few months ago. Hello? There we go. Okay. So I left uh, the day job a few months ago. Uh, in fact, Kelly took my day job at the Naval Institute uh, right after the tailhook convention. That was her trial by fire. In, in that gig. Uh, so I left the Naval Institute in, in able hands. And uh, I'm actually busier than ever doing this uh, YouTube thing. There's a lot of other parts of the enterprise that, uh, you know, I'm a major influencer in the gaming world now. Um, and uh, I have a Twitch channel and a Discord server and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I've entered on, you know, it's a lesson in saying yes, I guess. You know, here I am, 63 years old, and I'm a a gamer. Who My would, lesson in saying yes thought. is hearing the words gamer and Twitch and Ward Carroll all right. in the same sentence. Yeah. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, But hold on, before we move on, I, I just, now the listener cannot see this, but John's haircut is a, a thing of beauty. He's He's got a full shack going on here. Um, and you, you say you've done this before because I do not remember this. I, I, sh I shave my head every year. I, so but, Wags, yeah. do you ever remember this? I, I must not have seen him this time of the year, but yeah. he, he looks like Mr. Clean, and I like it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get slick, you know, and I've, I've got a culture of fitness going on. So, you know, from the, from the bald head to the, to the svelte uh, you know, scenario. I love it. Speaking of svelte scenarios, we're going to get to our first interview of the day. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's just not every day that you get to bring in a fall D1 championship winner. Um, I mean, sometimes people call them national champions. I'm just going to call you a fall D1 championship winner. Murph McCarthy, class of 2000. Murph, number one. I'm going to give you some cred here because we were going to try to talk to you last week. And you were like, hey, you know, the scheduling issues here and there. I had scheduling issues. And then finally I was like, hey, let's break it down to brass tacks. Are you going to win? 
because I'd just like to talk to you after you win. And you're like, yeah, we're going to fucking win. So let's, let's break right into it. You guys beat Utah State. You won the national title or the fall D1 championship. Walk us through it. Um, the girls came out on fire uh, last Saturday night in Charlotte. Uh, it was really exciting to watch. They've been getting incrementally better every week for about the last month. You know, started off pretty good and then had some uh, yeah, there, learning steps along the there way. There were some losses in the yes. middle season. Wags kept bringing him up. He was like, hey, I don't know if <laughs> I Murph did is not, the Murph. answer. He's like, Murph might be the weak link here. I mean, I, I understood, you know, but, I mean, you turned it around. Yeah, well, we have a very young team, so there were some freshmen that got to step up and play pretty early uh, that have never played rugby before. So that's a learning process, uh, and it's literally trial by fire. There's only so much you can learn in practice doing drills, but once you start uh, going out there and the whistle blows and there's somebody from another school out there, that's when the real learning curve begins, um, and they really just uh, progressed so well this season. Um, and it all started to come together, luckily enough, right when the playoffs started. So it, if anyone didn't know, we're doing this pod from uh, Union Station and uh, the Amtrak just rolled through here. Yeah, here it comes again. But so my last question, Murph, before Wags and, and Ward get into it, this is two straight years. You went down to North Carolina and you basically owned you know, the competition. For you, was it more redeeming last year as a club sport or this year as your first year as a D1, you know, what was the level of satisfaction? I think last year it was kind of, you know, there was a lot of surprise involved. This year it was, you know, I kind of knew that they had the tools. Um, it was just whether we were going to have the capability to put everything together uh, when it mattered, because we did have such a youth movement. There was, there was 14 girls that got selected for the final 23 last Saturday night that were not uh, selected last year. So it, it, was, a, it was a brand new team. Um, so this year I felt like um, we could do it, but, you know, it, you, it's like Chris Berman says, you have to play the game. You got to play the game. You got to play the game. Let's go, Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this year was uh, equally awesome because, you know, two in a row is always amazement, uh, amazing. And, you know, there's, there's more pressure when you've done it before. You know, last year I don't think anybody thought we had a shot until they were interviewing us after the game. Um, so uh, this time uh, was special for that reason. So, Murph, you, you referenced the fact that you had several freshmen who had never played rugby before. Where, how do you go about finding your athletes um, I mean, I'm sure you. There's have the people that are recruited varsity here for other sports that don't end up playing varsity and maybe make a switch. But just kind of tell us how you come about recruiting your athletes. Uh, well, um, the rugby program here at Navy is kind of a come one, come all, mm -hmm. uh, and then see what you're uh, see what you're capable of. So there's no recruited athletes on the on the women's team. So it's a lot of times they find us. Uh, because they meet one of the girls on the team, or we find them. Um, it starts at plebe summer. That somebody looks like an athlete. Hey, what sport do you play? Well, I don't. I don't play a sport. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, uh, when they say rugby players uh, meet at the CMOD desk, you go. Right. Um, and then you know, a lot of times it works out. 
uh, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, because it is rugby. It's not for everybody. But typically it's um, people that, you know, most midshipmen played a sport in high school. They just weren't good enough to get recruited to play Division One. So when they come here, they're kind of looking to find themselves. And when they come find rugby, a lot of times it's a real big fit. And then when you meet other people on the squad and see how much fun they're having, or even better, watch them play and think, holy smokes, that looks like fun. I'd like to try that. That's where a lot of the recruiting happens from within the brigade. So, Murphy, you bring up uh, a good point, which is there are some sports at Navy that lend themselves to folks who've never been exposed to them. I think crew is one of those sports um, I know a lot of the people who are crew in the, on the dinghy team, particularly, have never sailed before. And as you said, that you've made some great players out of people who never played rugby before they got to Navy. I don't think football or lacrosse are those sports, but certainly um, rugby is one of those that, you know, if you've never played before, that's fine. Just show up with a good attitude and be uh, you know, amenable to some good, be coachable. Right? Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Well, so... Uh, the Naval Academy Athletic Association Athlete of the Week in recognition of her contributions to the championship was Marissa Myers. She's a sophomore. Do you want to talk about her and maybe mention some of the other key players on the team who were led you pretty much the, throughout the season? Uh, Marissa Myers is a great example of what we were just talking about. She basically came to the Naval Academy to play lacrosse, and she did the plebe summer sports period with the lacrosse team. And then as soon as that was over and we had our first practice you know, when classes started, she came out, and, you know, I noticed her right away, and I was like, hey, what, uh, what's your story? <laughs> um, yeah, what, what's up with you? Right, so, and that was, like, on a Tuesday, and Saturday we did a scrimmage, and I was like, oh, my, uh, we've got something here. So um, she ended up playing in the final uh, when she was a plebe and, you know, played really well and has starred for us this season, and she scored, like, three times in the final. She's a... Uh, an amazing athlete uh, and one of those examples. Um, in rugby, on the edges or in the back, they have wings. Both of our wings that played in the final were plebes that never played rugby before. Um, they both played really well in the championship. Megan Light scored three times. Um, so th those are some of the younger contributors. And there, there's some sophomores that didn't get to contribute as much uh, last year that really got a chance to step up this year. Uh, Grace Oliver comes to mind. She's going to be a force to reckon with. Um, Abby Hirschner is a second class, but we just found her yesterday. Or she just found she just found us last year, and she's a really a good player. Um, so once they're you know on the team in the culture for about a year, then they got a chance to to really shine. But some people are quicker than others. Well, I'll tell you, Murph. A lot of kids shined. You guys won the fall D1 championship two in a row. Um, I'd call that, I don't know. I, I'm not going to give you a vote of confidence. I'd say that we still need to review your body of work, but it, it came out okay. As we go out, prediction for Saturday. Um, Navy, Navy, Navy. I, I, there's something in the air. I was driving around the practice field today, and I got fired up. I was having flashbacks. You know, the, the weather wasn't nice enough for the Harbor Queen to go by, and that's what really, you know, gives me the flashbacks. You know, hear the coaches running around uh, and getting all hyped up. But uh, I'm really excited. You know, this is a young team, but you know what? It's a young team that's now got a bunch of experience. Like, the, these younger players we've been talking about now got seven, eight games under their belts. And the skilled positions, 
they got all kinds of yards. They got all kinds of touchdowns. Um, and, you know, last year, everybody was kind of like, oh, good luck with Army this weekend. Look what happened. Where this year, we got, you know, an even bigger chip on our shoulder. And a lot of young kids, they're really excited. Uh, so I'm fired up. I say Navy by five. Oh, I love it. Navy by five. Ladies and gentlemen, this was our coaches segment. Murph McCarthy, head coach of the Fall D1 Championship women's rugby team. Congrats again, Murph. You were going to say a pretty face because I already got the swelt intro. Speaking of svelte, here comes Murph Speaking McCarthy. Speaking of his pretty face and svelte demeanor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to have one of our loyal sponsors, former superintendent, Admiral Tom Lynch. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Navy Women's Basketball returns to Alumni Hall Friday, December 30th, as it opens conference play with a 1 p.m. matchup versus Boston University. Be sure to come out and support the midshipmen as they close out the 2022 calendar year with one more home contest. Speaking of women's basketball, we will be hanging Navy women's basketball legend Jade Geist jersey from the Raptors on January 14th. The contest will feature the midshipmen taking on the Loyola Greyhounds. Don't miss your chance to help us honor Jade this January. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Sing Second Sports Bonanza. It is time for our former superintendent segment. We didn't have that before, but now we do, Admiral. Wonderful. And, and so we are being joined by Admiral Tom Lynch, you know, former center of the Navy Brotherhood and current, you know, you're the president of New Day USA? No, no, no. I'm the uh, executive chairman. Executive chairman of New Day USA. Admiral, thank you for joining us. As you come on the podcast, can you regale me with your favorite memory of the Army-Navy game, either as a player or as the superintendent or as a graduate? Do you have a certain memory that stands out for you? Well, first of all, I want to tell all of you guys, you do a great job here. And, uh, and it's a great program. We just do it every week, and it's growing, and it's uh, gaining, gaining momentum by, by the week. So I really appreciate what you're doing. I am very pleased and uh, proud to be here, a part of your team today. But uh, memories go back. I mean, there's so many great memories, uh, Army, Navy. I, you know, I played. I uh, was an officer rep. Came back here as a lieutenant at the Naval Academy as an officer representative of the team, uh, fan all the years, uh, and then I came back as uh, superintendent, and uh, uh, and then uh, after I retired, I retired, went up to Philadelphia, and at that point in time, uh, Philly was taking us for granted, and so it was like, hey, this is this is where they play it every year, and it's and it's our. They, they, those, those military guys, they need to be here. And, uh, of course, I've been through, as many of uh, your sports fans out there have been through some of the times up in Philadelphia. Well, it wasn't so sweet. When uh, one time we went to the locker room and the, they did not turn on the heat for the pregame for the Friday afternoon practice. So the next morning it's 120 degrees in there. So we spent two days up there and, and can't get a shower in our, lock, our own locker room. Two things like that that uh, say, yeah. Maybe you need to work for it a little bit. And so 
we formed the Army Navy Committee up there and uh, worked with the mayor and turned everything around. And Philadelphia's a great site for the game, and we're happy to be going up there again this year. But uh, what what year were you the O rep, or what years were you the O rep? Uh, I graduated in '64 and came back here as a lieutenant in '69, uh, and uh, so '69 '70. Uh, Rick Forzano, who had recruited me from Ohio, was the head coach at the time, came in as head coach. Rick was a great personal friend, uh, and I don't think when he came back he didn't realize how low the program had gotten, and, uh, and, and I, w- I give him credit for restoring Navy football because George Welch uh, succeeded him, but George had something to work with, but uh, Rick did not, and, and that goes from recruiting to training tables to the food they're having to the uh, discipline and the practices. I mean, all these things all come together. And uh, so I give uh, Rick Forzano, who's uh, been a mentor of mine. He died a couple of years ago, and unfortunately. But uh, anyhow, uh, I, I, I was there as a lieutenant, and then, uh, of course, came back as superintendent, too. So uh, how are you feeling about this team, this era of Navy football? And then we'll talk specifics about the Army-Navy game. Well, I think I could speak for every, uh, every fan out there. I mean, we're disappointed. I mean, we've had five years now where we've not been to a bowl, and uh, we're losing games we shouldn't lose. Uh, people, get, people are – a lot of fans are upset. Uh, as far as the players themselves, I mean, I, uh, I've seen them – uh, the Temple game, the Notre Dame game, the uh, UCF game, I was there for that. And it uh, really makes you proud the way these young men are, are playing. The coaches, I think, are coming along. I don't know why we always get off to such a slow start. We shouldn't have lost the Air Force, in my opinion. Uh, uh, and there's just things that just, ugh, you know. But, so uh, what do you think has to be done? Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, that's the ADs that are going to have to make a decision on uh, whether, you know, sometimes, I mean, Coach Ken is a great, great coach. He's a great personal friend of mine. Uh, he's done so much for this program. The kids love him. He loves the school. He, he's a great representative for the school. But, hey, we haven't, uh, we haven't performed the last five years. He, not, he understands that, and he knows that. So I'm sure he and Chet will have some serious discussions uh, following the Army-Navy game, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Ken's been here an awful long time. Sometimes you just need a new face. Uh, you know, you got the same situation, that, but it just needs a new face sometimes. I'm not promoting that because Ken is a friend. I think he's a great guy and a great person and a great coach and done so much for this school. I mean, I was, when I was superintendent, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I think it was 1 in 10, 1 in 10, and 4 in 7 or something. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, hey, this is, we're, this is gravy time where we are right now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I mean, when you look at what's ahead, I mean, this portal is uh, going to hurt us. Uh, the NIL is going to hurt us. I heard the other day that the Texas quarterback's making four million. <laughs> Give me a break. But uh, the guy at USC might be making more than that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, uh, these are tough times for Navy football. And um, oh, but you know what? We've been through these things. When I first got here, uh, we were in the tank, and I, I spent the uh, and I had the the CNO as a personal friend, Frank Kelso, and I had his ear. I told him, I said, it may be time for us to. Step down. I mean, we can't uh, perform at Division One anymore. And uh, but before we make that decision, uh, uh, we called in all the experts I could, including Father Hesper from Notre Dame and Father Joyce from Notre Dame, and uh, 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 McCune, uh, who was the AD at uh, Air Force. George Welsh came back. Rick Rosano came back, and they all spent time uh, reviewing the whole program. And they they were unanimous. Hey, you just need to. 
step it up, step up your game. I mean, do some recruiting and uh, take some, some things serious. But at the Navy uh, Naval Academy, uh, it takes everybody. Uh, the margin of victory is so thin here that uh, and our young men. I mean, they're, you're a midshipman whose sport happens to be football. Okay, and you're taking 140 credit semester hours like everybody else in the brigade. And you have 90 of which are math, science, and engineering. And uh, there are no basket courses. There's no easy way out. And that's one thing. And, and so it's time consuming. You can say, well, you know, uh, ping pong is time consuming too. But you know what? You're not getting beat up and bruised and nicked and battered. And unfortunately, uh, uh, we've had a couple of concussions this year. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not a... Uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a little bit different. Let's put it that way. Well, you never got nicked up as a center. I mean, what a soft soap position! Like you might as well be a punter. Well, I think I mean, Tom went two ways back in those days. I don't think he just played center. <laughs> Before I smacked that guy across the table, there, oh, I, yes. I want to tell you, yeah, we went both ways. And but you know, and, and the heck of it is, it's all, so much of it is education. You uh, back in my day, hey, Lynch got a zinger. Look at he couldn't you know he couldn't know where he was five minutes ago. Look, he's back in there. What a tough guy, you know. Oh my goodness, that that was a badge of courage. But uh, we're you know, and I also always remember too the big thick greasy steak we had before the game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't do course, that anymore. Of course, Milkshakes. of course, we didn't lift weights because uh, weights make you muscle bound and slow you down. Yeah, who wants that? And uh, and you only ran for punishment. So you know, <laughs> life's been a lot different uh, in my day than what it is today. So, Admiral, I'm curious. Um, in your time playing at Navy, there was a lot of mutual respect between Army and Navy. And your friend Roger Stallback, teammate, he's, he's very close with Rolly Stitchway, who was his counterpart at Army. And you have friends that were former Army football players. Things seem to be changing here in the last decade. There's Army seems to be hating Navy more. I mean, it, it's almost like during the – in our – Friend Mike James of the uh, Mid Report wrote about this. The culture's difference between the two institutions. Navy football under Coach Ken is a program built on love for one another and love amongst everyone in the brotherhood. And the Army seems to be built on hating Navy. And uh, you see a lot of what comes out of Army as far as social media, and that's it's disrespectful. Are you surprised to see it going this way because it was always said that the army navy rivalry was one of respect whereas you know air force navy air force army wasn't quite that way air force was you know the talker types but it seems that army is is getting nasty anymore i have not seen that and of course i'm not on social media and i don't uh and i'm not i'm 80 years old so i'm not down there talking to the lucky 30 40 year olds but uh i will say that Back in my day, uh, there was a tremendous respect among one, one another uh, for the services. And you know, that's what the Army-Navy game is all about. I mean, nobody's, uh, with rare exceptions, you're not going into the pros. You're there for the sport of football and the competition. And they, get, they go through the same stuff up at West Point that we will go through down here. And it may be a, a simple thing. Back in our day, we had uh, exchange weekends. And every second-class midshipman, uh, spent a weekend at West Point, and every second class junior up there spent a weekend at, at Navy. And, and I used to joke because as a midshipman, life wasn't uh, uh, too pleasant, let's put it that way. And, uh, and, and, I, and I joke and say, 
it wasn't really a joke. It was a, the one and only time I was happy to come back to the Naval Academy is my, after my weekend at West Point. <laughs> Those guys were talking about a Spartan existence. And uh, so, uh, but I haven't seen that. And we are, you're right about Roly. Roly, Skipor, Roger, myself are very close. Uh, he's also, you know, uh, Purcell's, uh, his brother, uh, uh, Coach Purcell's brother was on that team and, and Roly's team and, and died. But, and we beat him. I would say that, you know, if I'm, getting beat 14 years in a row as we did and uh you know sometimes we in the navy are not the most uh, generous uh, let's say that uh and, 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 and we like to rib it in and rub it in a little bit maybe and get, do a little ribbing and maybe if you lost 14 times in a row it uh, it's no longer ceases it ceases to be uh, kind of a funny type thing and uh it, it could cause some real problems but i haven't seen it myself i hope that's not the case i hope it's uh uh, you know, a transitory thing, and now that we are, you know, as as evenly compete uh, 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 conditions we are, and and uh, both teams seem to be about equal, uh, despite the schedules, uh, and which I always thought because of our tougher schedule we would we would always have the upper hand, but uh, that has not proven to be the case. They uh, they brought it up. They've come on strong now, so I. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope it is. Uh, you know, we are what we are. We're, we're we're comrades in arms. As soon as that game's over, put your arm around the guy, give him a hug, and say, "Next year." But uh, I'll see you in the fleet. Well, we thank you for your sponsorship of New Day USA for the Navy Football Podcast and the Sing Second Sports Podcast, Admiral. Thank you. And so, Admiral, as we go out, I just have one question for you. Number one, what did the physical mission give you? Um, in terms of lessons that you've applied, not only as a flag officer, uh, but in your civilian life well, now. And then number two, your prediction for Saturday. Okay, well, the physical, physical mission, I mean, uh, part of the, the, you know, the, as we all know, the, uh, the uh, mission of the Naval Academy development should be more than many physically. And I've been blessed for 20 years. I've been chairing the Athletic Scholarship Foundation here that we always... Take, make sure that, uh, that that physical mission so easily could be uh, forgotten and and, uh, uh, and that part of the of the mission will never allow the academics will never let the leadership of the of the honor uh, code of the naval academy slip but uh, physical mission can can go by in, in a heartbeat and so we're, we're I'm very proud of what we've done there uh, I think personally as a as a former midshipman as an athlete and how I've been now in, in corporate America and, and career in the Navy I think you, you know, the, what you learn on the athletic field, regardless of the sport, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, the discipline, the perseverance, the hard work, uh, the sacrifice, and the teamwork. And uh, every midshipman learns the, the uh, Latin phrase, non, not self, but country. You put yourself last. That's what teamwork's all about. That's what every great leader's all about. And uh, you certainly learn that in spades, uh, in, particularly in football. And we had Roger Staubach, but he was one guy. And uh, it took, took the other 10 guys making those blocks and making those tackles. And he, Roger was the first to acknowledge that. And that's what made him such a great person as well. So uh, I see you shaking your head. I'm getting, no, the, I'm it, getting it, the hook it, here. It, no, I think it's, such a great, it, it's such a great <laughs> perspective, sir. I mean, it, the, those lessons you know, from the 50s and 60s are still applicable in the 2010s, 2020s. You know, have you seen like kind of a you know a commonality in athletes from your from your age to today in terms of just basic toughness oh yeah i i, I it's all there i mean uh, you know when you compete and particular and i 
because I, I did compete in contact sports and boxing and football. So when you compete, and I say particularly in, com, in, in uh, contact sports, uh, you know, you take a shot, you get knocked down, you get a bloody mouth, you get back up, you get shot, it develops resiliency and, uh, and competitiveness. It. And, you know, you're not going to let... Uh, now, and it's not that I hate the other person. It's that, hey, I got beat, and I'm not going to let that happen again. I remember when I was boxing, I was down to 198 pounds because I was scared to death that Dick Merritt was going to knock me out in front of the entire brigade on Saturday night. And uh, so it's mind over matter. I mean, I'm out there freezing cold in February and doing my road work, and I'm, I can't take another step. Wait a minute, Merritt, who? Man, I take that next step. Mind over matter. So... Uh, yeah, so I think you learn all these things, and it's, it's, it's good. I mean, we need to, And I, I worry because of this thing here, this iPhone, the, 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 the Internet that we have. I mean, uh, we have, you know, the, we're at, at New Day USA. Uh, all our young people, and we have the average age is 26. They wear a coat and tie every day. They show up every morning. They're there t- uh, 8, 9, 10 hours a day. And um, uh, they're just hardworking young people, and they're all in the office. And we won't hire you uh, unless you do come to the office. And we're looking for people who are hungry, humble, and smart. Hungry, humble. We know they're book smart. But we've got their, what they've done. But do Need the right thing cheapers. the right way at the right yep. time. And uh, I think you learn. There's a lot of things you learn on the athletic field we try to take for granted. But uh, and I worry, as I started to say, I worry about my grandkids and uh, this generation that, uh, you know, their head's buried in that phone. And, boy, that phone dings. Mm, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, I've been befriended. Oh, my goodness. So, Admiral, when your phone dings on Saturday night, what's yep. the score going to say? The score is going to be Navy on the top. I'm surprised. I'll be honest with you. I've watched the last three games now. And uh, first half, first some of those games at the beginning of the season, starting with Delaware. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a disaster this season. I've always felt that uh, we needed a, 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 a Xavier is a, a little quicker. I'd like to see that because that hole opens, but you got to have the you got to have that quickness to get through it. And uh, I always worried about his size, and I still am. I hope he can uh, make it through the game all right. But uh, I think he's the right quarterback right now, and I think these guys are uh, pulling it together. Uh, I think the coach will come up with some wrinkles on offense. I'm really um, I'm worried about that 290-pound fullback they have. Where the hell he is? <laughs> yeah. 260 pounds. They got pounder. two of them, Admiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're and, athletic. Uh, but uh, I also know John Marshall and some of those guys we've got in there that uh, I've seen those kids go head-to-head with anybody, and, uh, and they've got gritness, grit, they've got toughness. And so, uh, yeah, hey, Saturday night, we're going to be celebrating. I think, it, I think this is a 10-point game myself, at least. All right, that's like the it went third. up. Murph said five, and now we're up to ten. Yeah, up to ten. Do I have fifteen? <laughs> I, I know, right? Well, Admiral, thank you so much for joining us. You have been a model, um, you know, not just advocating for Navy football, but advocating for the Naval Academy in general. We we think it's a brand that continues to get better, and and you're part of that. So thank you for being a part of it, and we can't wait to see you Saturday. I'm privileged and honored to have been a part of it through the years, and uh, our country needs the United States Naval Academy. That's for sure. Amen. Our country Amen. needs a Naval Amen. United States Naval Academy. Amen. Indeed. We're gonna go to break. When we come back, we have Kelly Welsh of the Great Class of 2000. This is Sing Second Sports. Don't miss your chance to catch five great games this basketball season with our Navy Basketball Weekend Mini Plan. For just $50 for adults and $25 for youth, fans can watch five Saturday Navy basketball games 
including this year's Army-Navy doubleheader. Call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com for more information. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. What a great pre-Army game episode, and we are now joined by our second class of 2000 grad of the day. Uh, we are so happy to be joined by Murph and Admiral Lynch, and now we're being joined by Kelly Welsh, class of 2000. Thank you for being on the podcast. We love having new guests. You are wearing your letter sweater. I sure am. And you have four stars. Kind of inform the listening audience, what did you compete in at the Naval Academy? What did you get your stars in? And what do you do now? Yeah. Okay. So I am very proud to say that I am a member of, or I was a member of the Navy women's swimming and diving team. Longest streak on the yard. 30, here, here. 34 years. 30, What's up ladies? Yeah. What, what? Yeah. As of, as of last week. Um, and I don't want to date myself, but I was eight to 11. So, uh, you I don't just, want to date yourself. I just dated because myself. Because you were uh, mid when I was in 05 teaching on the yard. So, yeah, don't date yourself, Kelly. <laughs> oh, Lieutenant Schofield never saw Midshipman Welsh yeah. walking around the yard, no. no. Yeah, so, um, but anyway, yeah, so four years uh, swimming. Very proud to be part of that legacy. Proud of the women for last week. And um, I'm actually currently working at the Naval Institute. I retired in 2020 from the Navy. I taught as a junior PMP in the lead leadership department at the Naval Academy. And I am the new Ward Carroll, although the new, new, and, Ward new, Carol. new and improved. The new and improved. Ward yes. Yeah. Yes. However, I don't do podcasts traditionally. Uh, traditionally? Does that mean you you might in the future? You're leaving that potential this is, open? This is my debut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're in a podcast. Yeah. So Kelly was known to us at the Naval Institute. Uh, she had worked with uh, our lead or our D.A.R.E. program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our events team particularly uh, was, was uh, high on her. As I made the announcement to the CEO that I was leaving, we gave him kind of a five-month uh, descent program, and and so we broke her in at the Tailhook Convention this year, and I'm pleased to say that she absolutely rocked it. Um, she was right at home as a service warfare officer among the uh, the aviators out there. Um, yes. Yeah. So anyway, we knew she was going to be good to go after that. Thanks, Ward. So Kelly, from your perspective, 34 straight years is a pretty significant streak. Um, you know, we've been talking to a lot of our swimmer friends. We talked to Reagan Johnson, the mm-hmm. captain of the team, a uh, friend of the pod, Colleen Randolph. We love her. But the, the swimming community is so tight, and this streak is so long and so significant. What does it mean for you as an athlete to have that sort of dominance? Like four stars on the letter sweater – is pretty effing awesome. You know, you, you've got to walk around with a little bit of swag. Uh, thanks, Sean. I, to be candid, yes, the four stars are wonderful. I am just so proud and impressed of how the team has evolved. Um, you know, what Navy women's swimming and diving has become since I graduated. Um, to be honest, it's night and day. And I think... You know, my sister was also a swimmer. She's 2005, and, um, you know, we follow Navy women swimming very closely, and we're always very proud, especially every four years when we see women at Olympic trials. I mean, it's just a different, it's a different organization, and 
I, I'm proud to be part of the foundation, but very much the foundation, right? Not, you know, definitely not at the top of that uh, pedestal there, so. So I'm curious, over at the Naval Institute, is there a lot of hype going on? I mean, I, do you, a lot of people over there must be Navy graduates, uh, I would imagine. Um, yeah, what's it like on Army-Navy week over at the Institute? You know, there, there are some Navy graduates. We're always proud supporters of the Naval Academy. I did wear my letter sweater to our department head meeting today to represent. Um, and I think everyone's excited to see what happens. There's been some email exchanges among the graduates at the Institute, some of the spirit spots uh, that don't give up the ship spirit spot. We love that spot. I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, you're you're a mu- yeah, assuming you're a musician, you know, at heart. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I think it was awesome. I thought it was really powerful. I also liked the uh, Commandant and Soup spinoff one. And I just think, you know, everything is elevated at the Academy since I graduated. So the mids are doing everything bigger and better than ever before. Graduates are doing everything bigger and better than ever before. And I'm proud. As we go forward, one thing that the physical mission imparted upon you in terms of like a lesson or a toughness that you, you know, that you used as you were a SWO out in the fleet and now in your civilian life and as a new mom, um, congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Um, what, what did the physical mission give you in terms of a lesson that you still use every day? You know, I... Th- we're. I I think you learn so much about resilience, um, and I know that's a big kind of buzzword across the Navy these days, but I I really do think that's what the physical mission of the Naval Academy teaches you. But I will also just put in this plug, I I swam for Coach Dick Purdy. He had been an assistant lacrosse coach at Navy in the 70s, actually, when my dad was there, Um, and he took over the women's swimming program and got it off the ground, and I will tell you, that, that man just... He really appreciated and respected every single person who was at the academy, whether you were a midshipman, whether you were, you know, the athletic director, whether you were King Hall staff, like he just had such great respect. And I I think what that taught us was that, you know, everything we were doing was bigger than ourselves. And I thought that was a really important life lesson. And it definitely drove me the rest of my naval career. Dick Purdy's a legendary guy. He actually was once the wrestling coach at Brooklyn Park High School in Anne Arundel County way, way back. But he, he's just a great coach. He could coach any sport, and that's just why. You, what you referenced is he, he was a great leader, great motivator, could reach, you know, really relate to athletes. So Dick Purdy's good people. Yes. So, Kelly, you were a PMP. You're now working for the Naval Institute. Junior PMP, just to clarify. Well, I, I, I mean, permanent military professor <laughs> is permanent military professor. So junior or otherwise, your impact on midshipmen could not be understated um, or overstated, actually, in a proper way. Um, so We're all about the backhand <laughs> praise here at Sing Second. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll try to understate it as much as possible, but... Now seeing life, you know, for midshipmen from a midshipman perspective, staff, now at USNI, how do you feel about the brand? You know, is it, is it getting better? 
the first two classes, I think, you know, in recent memory or, you know, in the last two years, these are the first two classes to have not been alive when 9-11 happened. Um, how do you view, like, the, the motivation for service and the motivation to try to be involved in this? Yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time at the Naval Academy. I taught as a lieutenant for three years in the Department of Seamanship and Navigation, then came back from 2011 to 2020. And I'll be candid, I, I hate the, like, we had the last real plebe year, you know, mids just aren't the same as they used to be. I, I think that's all baloney. Um, it, mids are impressive, and I think that they are just doing everything exceptionally well on levels that I'm not sure I would have, you know, made it as a midshipman these days or, you know, been on, been on the roster. Um, they're just unbelievable and they're doing everything really well. And, um, and they're invested and they're invested in ways that I just couldn't understand as a 17 or 18 year old kid for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's my sense too, is they're, they're more motivated. They get it more than I did. When I was a minute, I was like, can I leave yet? You know, and they're not at all like that. They don't yeah. have that sort of appetite to get out. You know, yeah. they're happy to stay on the yard and, and plug in yeah. in a way that I was not. Which is honestly even more impressive because there are so many more distractions than when we were midshipmen. And so the fact that they are as motivated and as dedicated as they are and committed to everything and not just one note sort of, um, it's, it's just really impressive. Ladies and gentlemen, please support your Naval Institute and please support everything that we are doing to better the brand of the U.S. Naval Academy. We are going to beat Army on Saturday. Kelly Welsh is going to give us our latest prediction. What do you think it's going to be? We've heard 10 points. We've heard five points. What's your thought? I'm going to go with three. I think Navy by three. Uh, I don't underestimate anybody, and I'm not going to overestimate anybody. Uh, Army-Navy is... Oh, one-of-a-kind experience, and it all comes down to heart, but Navy by three. All right. I think that's in, in It all zone. comes down right. to heart, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. We're going to go to break. Next interview, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Shooter, uh, another member of the great class of 2000. Many thanks to Kelly Welsh Thank for coming you. out and being with us. We're going to break. And for our last announcement, I'm going to get a little help on this one. The Kids Shipman Club is the official club of Navy Athletic. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts like free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. To register, visit NavySports.com. Go Navy! Be Army! Now back to the pod. We are back. We are so happy to be joined in this particular segment of the final pre-Army-Navy game podcast by Scott Shooter, our title sponsor and Class of 2000 rugby alum. Scott, thank you for joining the podcast. What is your favorite memory? I'm going to start off strong. What is your favorite memory of the Army-Navy game? Knowing that you, you know, in your previous appearances on the podcast, you were prior enlisted. You didn't necessarily have a traditional path to the Naval Academy. So I'm interested in your favorite memory. Um, that is an excellent question. And three of them popped up. 
One of them was when uh, one of my best buds, Matt Daniel, our senior year, had the opening tackle on the opening kickoff of the Army-Navy game and gave a nice little fist bump to the air. Uh, so that's an amazing memory. Um, and then there was one, I got back from deployment, and Dana and I went to the Army-Navy game, and uh, George W. did a flyover of Air Force One up in uh, a Philly with John McCain in the plane. And uh, the F-14 squadron that we deployed with did the flyover that day. So uh, that was also another cool memory. Well, Scott Shooter is the most successful real estate agent in Annapolis. He does a tremendous job. I think the reason he sells so many homes is because he is the most natalie dressed individual I've ever met. I've never, ever seen him not looking A-plus with the uh, outfit. Um, you and I are both the presidents of the Touchdown Club of Annapolis, which supports Navy football so much. Last night, we had the annual Army-Navy cocktail party. Coach Ken Niamatololo came over there and spoke. Uh, Chet Gladchuk was there. Uh, Coach Ken has introduced a new, it's beat, it's Go Navy Crush Army is his new slogan that he introduced at the cocktail party. But um, just your thoughts of being part of the club and, and its connection to Navy, because I know that was special for you to be a president of a club that supports the Navy so big as far as the banquet and everything else we do. It is. It's always special. And I mean, I, I pinch myself all the time, right? Because it's funny that you say that I come dappily dressed, but uh, my wife made fun of me when she met me at the academy. I had two pairs of shorts and two shirts to my name, and they were both very ugly. So uh, this has not always been this way. I, I, I've learned well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I've been doing it for 15 years now, and uh, it's crazy. I drive over the bridge. You know, it used to be Oh Shit Hill that uh, we came over and said we didn't want to go back, and now every time I go over, it's like, holy crap, this is, this is pretty amazing. And you, you mentioned Coach Kenny and the cocktail party, and immediately one of my favorite times of uh, Coach Ken when we were on our long run of – 13 in a row against army and uh, he goes yeah he goes the army coach keeps telling me they're turning the corner and they're turning the corner and they're turning the corner and he goes well guess what we're on a different block <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> and, and getting to know coach ken and getting to know everyone and what's really been awesome is you don't realize it as a mid is how connected annapolis is and how much of a small town it is and there's only like one to two degrees of separation instead of six so it's been cool to be a part of the community with the touchdown club and then also tied to the academy so it ties everything together so you mentioned how tight the community is scott and i'm gonna be a shill for your business here you know, what, what makes Annapolis so special? You know, if, if you're PCSing here, if you're trying to move here, you know, the, the town is evolving. Here we are. The, the garage is being rebuilt on Main Street. You know, the, the face of Annapolis changes every day. But for you and your job capacity, why live here? How can I answer this question without sounding salesy? <laughs> Um, I, I, I was setting you up. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying your to be your force pitch. multiplier. No, uh, there is no sales pitch. It's the absolute truth. And I tell people all the time, it has everything that you look for, right? You have the college atmosphere. 
you have proximity to D.C., Baltimore, but you're not in D.C. and Baltimore. So you get the small town feel. You get the water, which chills everybody out. And if I had to sum it up, I said there are some places where people live to work, but Annapolis, everybody definitely works to live. And it's that kind of mentality. I love that you can go to Lunas and have an awesome steak, and you can roll in there in jeans, and, you know, it's no big deal. Everybody's not trying to be somebody around here. We're all just enjoying life. I don't think any of us imagined when we were mids that we'd be living here, right? And so that's kind of a gift in and of itself. Um, so the other thing, Wags mentioned what makes your business great. I would say the other thing that makes your business great is your logo has Naval Aviation, the Blue Angels, so that's very cool. Um, so did you ever think when you were mid that this would be where you'd land? It was this always the plan that you would be, you know, one of the stalwarts in the community in terms of the Chamber of Commerce and everything else that you're doing. Um, is this, was this the protracted plan or how did this come about? Not a chance. I had no idea. Um, so I came back here to teach leadership at the Academy 05 to 08. We were in the process of adopting our oldest son, and uh, it was really that was the catalyst of not wanting to move again and not wanting to deploy. Um, I honestly always wanted to be a teacher and a coach, um, but I knew I probably couldn't do that in the Annapolis area as the, as the primary breadwinner. And Dana, Dana said, you should try real estate, and I said, I think I'll hate that. So here I am. Yeah. How many years later? <laughs> 20? I think I'll hate that. Because I, so I, I had this envision of what it was, and I, I vowed to stay true to myself and just be who I am. And that's, that's how it all kind of came about. And the Blue Angel on the logo is a great story because I was actually sponsoring a golf tournament. And I went to my good friend, Joe Barson, who is an, also a stalwart in this community and an amazing graphic designer. And I said, I, I need a logo. I can't just like put my name on the, on the golf shirt for the golf tournament. And he created the logo. Um, we created it together and it really encompassed kind of everything. And the background, it tells a story as a logo should do. And, and the E2 Hawkeyes, uh, not nearly as pretty as the Blue Angels, so couldn't really put that on there. Well, it's an important airplane, let's be honest. It is important, but not pretty. Yes. Uh, in, its I, own I, way, in its own way, it's pretty. I wish we had a picture of Ward's face as he was trying to act like the E2 Hawkeye was an important I, airplane. I have like, actually, I've flown the Hawkeye. It's a great airplane. Oh, Max on. respect as a Tomcat guy, right? No, when I was CAG Ops, I flew I flew as a Seco in, in our wings. E2. You know, I'd, Shrek. A. Thank you so much. You meant to say A. For being, for being a loyal sponsor of this podcast, we'd love to know what your, uh, what your prediction is and what your plans are for Saturday. I predict Navy by six. I think they are hitting their stride towards the end of the season. They've been absolutely resilient, and uh, I think they're going to take it to them. Take it to them indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to break. When we come back... How do you take it to Army? Usually via punting. So we're going to talk to one of the best punters in, in Naval Academy history and Pablo Beltran. This is Sing Second Sports. This podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible 
without the support of our sponsor. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pot. Welcome back to the Uncle Fester Sing Second Sports Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently my shaved head has become... The family. <laughs> I just love that you, you gave a reference to the new Wednesday Addams show on, on Netflix that's going viral. So All right. I haven't even introduced you. I hate you already. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our final interview of the Sing Second Sports Wednesday extravaganza. or On a Thursday. On a Thursday yeah. that's going to be aired on a Friday. Um, everything revolves around the kicking game, does it not? And to discuss that is former Navy punter Pablo Beltran. This is your third appearance on the pod, if I'm not mistaken. Um, current member of the admission staff. I think you're in your last year of active duty. Catch out all of our listeners up with what's going on and... What you're, I mean, four stars on the sweater. I mean, are you just, come on, you're just yeah, bragging. I, thanks for having me, team. Um, obviously, I, I figured you guys would leave the special team till the end. It makes it makes a lot of sense. I'm A, not a sponsor, B, just a punter. So uh, thanks for closing. Yeah, you're, not e- you're not even a kicker. Saving the, well, I was a holder. So that, that, that kind of counts for something. Laces out, Dan. Laces out. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, was a punter on the football team from 2011 to 2015. Um, third third on the record, Sync Second Sports podcast appearance. And I think the first two broke, broke a lot of numbies, right? We broke some records. No, I thought the listenership was through the roof. You know, for me, Chris Nerthen, when we were talking to him, you know, he knew that you were coming on the podcast today. And he was like, Pablo Beltran, boo. Yeah. You know, his opinion of your punning, you know, maybe might mirror your opinion of him as a singer. Bring me into your life with him as a teammate. Yeah, like, did you know that he was a, a good musician, and did he ever respect your kicking ability? Yeah, Chris, Chris and I go all the way back to Naps, and his, um, his singing abilities were awesome then. We used to do some sort of, like, karaoke show in his room with his blue guitar back then i would say that i would say that he almost got as much playing time as i did and i played for four years um but he was mostly on the on the um what we call the taxi squad so he was holding a couple of dummies and uh i don't think he saw it past then at naps i think he had a couple of good sacks though but i would say that his singing abilities are better than his linebacker abilities no offense, Chris. I love you, buddy. So, Pablo, in all seriousness, it, special teams is huge in the Army-Navy game. It's always a low-scoring game. It's always hard to move the ball. Therefore, field position becomes a key factor. 
Coach Niamatololo was referencing this earlier this week in the fall game at West Point in 2020. Army's ability to punt better really changed the game and changed the field position. And then how many times has this game come down to a field goal? A Bennett Mooring missed the field goal uh, in Philly the one year that was the year the streak ended, or actually, actually I think it was the second year after the streak ended. But then Bijan Nichols made the field goal, the big field goal last year. Um, Talk about the importance of special teams and how do you feel about Navy special teams with Riley Reithman as the punter, Bijan back now off of injury as the kicker. What, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I think some smarter coach than, than me obviously said that to win the, the game, you have to win two of the three uh, facets of the game, and obviously special teams is one of them. Um, I think the ability to, to punt and control field positions is incredibly important, especially for a game where you have two triple option offenses. I think the best compliment that Coach Niemann's ever given me was a couple years, a couple years ago when he said that when, when you and Joe were playing, I just totally didn't even care about punting because I figured it was just automatic. And make it pretty mundane. If you, if you average 45 yards a punt, you're having a great, great season. So the ability to control the field position battle is pretty, pretty dang important. So Pablo Beltran is also an outstanding golfer. And when Sink's second sports had a foursome in the Touchdown Club tournament, uh, you were supposed to be our leadoff guy that we could rely on with your four handicap, and you were a no-show, but that's because you had a job interview, and we understood. Uh, and we did, did well anyway. We, we, well, we got 13, and we, we scored Ward, 1,300. Uh, Ward this just gets stitches motif yeah. Ward, in here is so on point. It's Ward Carroll's amazing birdie uh, on the last hole was... Uh, what, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Let, let's talk about me. Right, well, this podcast. Can I uh, get yeah. back to uh, Pablo? Oh, did, okay, did sure, you if you want to. that job? It was yeah. your pivot. Um, I think the interview went well. I can't, I, I can't divulge more than that. I, I am hopeful that it will. It's, it's a multiple-step process, but I think it paid off, and that's probably, you can ask my wife, it's probably the only time that I've ever turned down a golf opportunity. Uh, I was down in Miami and then uh, last year with John, and uh, that was a month after I got married, so... Um, I guess it's probably one of the few times I've ever turned down a golf run in my life. Pablo knows his priorities. Um, Pablo, we've asked you this before. I think that special teams has played a large role in the in the travails of the of the team this season. From your perspective, how has special teams gone, and what is the key to the game on Saturday? If it's not special teams, that's fine, but. I've always thought that special teams is a huge part of the Army-Navy game because the game is on such a razor-sharp margin that sometimes it brings in stuff like, I don't know, penalties or special teams. Your thoughts? No, I think that's – there's two things that really in my four, four wins against Army, I want to emphasize wins because they were victories. Um, the two things that really define the game were turnovers and special teams. Um, and then some of those – some of those turnovers were caused on special teams' plays. So if you can control those two facets of the game, you have as good as a chance as you ever had to win that game because it is super important. Um, I remember specifically, Bill probably remembers this, but in 2012, uh, I punted a ball, and the Army returner started taking off. And, and actually, speaking of John Nerthen, his brother, sorry, Chris Nerthen, his brother, John Nerthen, caused a fumble. We ended up winning that game by four points. And I think we scored off that, off that drive. So... Little moments like that really have a huge impact, and momentum is massive. So I think turnover is supposed to be key. Um, I think that one of the unsung heroes of the season has been Dan Davis. Davies, excuse me. 
um, coming in for for an injured Bijan is, is is awesome, and he obviously performed really well throughout the season. So I'm glad Bijan's back. I think Riley's having a great season, and uh, and I think Dan, the unspoken holder slash kicker slash punter, has been has been a great addition to this year's team. So, what do you think the game's gonna be like, and what is your prediction for the? The final score. So it looks like it's going to be somewhat of a warm-ish um, weather day. So I think that the scoring will be relatively high. I imagine a 27-21, 27-17 victory for Navy. Um, that's based on completely just my prediction abilities that have no regard to what actually is going to happen. So if I'm right, I want all the credit. If I'm wrong, it's John's fault. Um, so I would say that I would say that we win. I, I'm hopeful that we win. I think we win. I think our defense has played incredibly well. And I also think uh, Xavier Ireland has been playing really, really well as well. So uh, I think we're clicking at the right time, and I think we, we pull it off. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, former punter Pablo Beltran. We're going to go to break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. How do we take this thing out? Let's talk about, I don't know, basketball greatness. Mike Heary, color commentator for Navy basketball. Um, the team is about six to seven games through, but we're here to talk about the Army-Navy game. Mike, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm going to ask you to start it off before I ask you your basketball acumen and X's and O's. Your favorite Army Navy game moment? Oh, from basketball or from anything? anything. From beating Army in oh. basketball, from going to the Army Navy football game. Like, what is what is so Just the good whole genre about Army beating the shit in out of Army? General sense. Yeah. yeah. In oh, general, wow. Army losing. It could be in Afghanistan. It could be like yeah. You know, oh, sh- oh my god. <laughs> Man, that's tough. Um, right on the spot, right away. Uh, well. It's this is going to be self-serving, and I don't like the way this That's is going to so sound. Unlike you. This is going to not sound right. Yeah. But I love it. My freshman year, Army Navy, nineteen ninety-five. Joe Gross was still writing. Bill Wagner was an up-and-coming, you know, writer himself. And uh, I came off the bench, and we beat Army. And John Feinstein was in the front row, and I had thirty-one points. And it was awesome. The place was packed, and there was nothing better than that. And we beat Army by 10, I think it was. And uh, John Feinstein wrote this really nice article about us and me and the team and everything, and it was really cool. That was so, hard, pretty hard to top that one. Yeah. Before, before I turn it over to Ward, did you ever attend an Army-Navy game? Because, like, <laughs> as a basketball player, right. like, we talk about the ins and outs and logistics of being an athlete. One of those is that you probably don't do a lot of parades and you probably don't go to a whole lot of Army-Navy well, games as a basketball player. So how many of how many did you even attend? So as a mid, zero. Because Coach DeVoe had this wow. thing about playing on the road during like 
the Wednesday, fr- Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, whatever it was leading up to Army-Navy. He's like, I want to get all the guys out of the hall, and I want to go play on the road somewhere. So it's actually kind of disappointing because at least once in your four years as a mid, right, if you're playing like a winter sport or whatever, you should go to the Army-Navy game. But I never did. Um, but I've certainly made up for it post-graduation, I can tell you that. <laughs> Well, uh, so I was just going to ask you, you know, you follow the team. You're a Navy sports fan, and I know your expertise is basketball, and we often have you on the pod to break down basketball and give us uh, your thoughts on how things are going. But from a football perspective, do you like where the team is going into the big game? Yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better momentum, right? I mean, they had that tough three-game stretch from Notre Dame to Cincinnati to Central Florida, but that win against Central Florida is a big one. I mean, it gives them huge momentum. I think Xavier Arline's out to kind of right some wrongs from that plebe year in the fog up at Army, which was, you know, an odd situation altogether for so many reasons. Um, they, they couldn't ask for better momentum. At the same time, you know, Army's lost a lot of close games mm-hmm. this year, and, you know, it's, it's totally a coin flip type of game, obviously, this year. So just out of curiosity, what is the game plan for Mike Heary on an Army-Navy you your food and your beer and you sit in your man cave or what do you do so this year uh for the first time our two youngest Paige and jackson are going with my wife and i up to the game they've never been to army navy before sixth grader and an eighth grader we're driving up we have wonderful club level seats uh so we can you know bounce back and forth between the cool weather and sports bar like atmosphere at lincoln financial and uh we're gonna have a great time and my wife's probably gonna drive home i love it i love it <laughs> So, Mike, you're a, as a commentator for the basketball team, certainly you're plugged into NAAA and the yeah. dynamics of what's going on. The same sort of thing that we asked Admiral Lynch. Where do you think Navy football is in terms of this era? And what do you think the status is of the current coaches and et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously this is going to come just me giving my two cents. I know nothing. Um, but I would say that, you know, they have – Definitely improved this year. I mean, they would be 500 right now or have a chance to be 500 if they could beat – if they beat Delaware and they win against Army, they'd be 6-6 six and six this year, right? So I, I think that win against Central Four is huge. Obviously, winning against Army would be great for the staff and the players. I expect that everyone would be back, um, my perspective. One, because they're a young group, and you can't discount, I think, what COVID did in terms of – transfers and players leaving and I know that sounds like an excuse but it's a real thing and this is a younger type of group than traditionally Kenny puts out on the field right and uh, I just think next year their schedule is a little different than in years past and again that sounds a little bit like an excuse but the reality is with COVID and everything that happened and guys getting six years and fifth years and seventh years in the American Conference um, I think they'll all be back and I think they'll have a, a winning record and go to a bowl game next year. Okay, I like it. That's a bold prediction. Yeah, I, I think you can mark that down. Wags wrote wow. the definitive yeah. piece about the transfer portal and how, where those guys landed and the effect that's had on the senior class here. That sure. is real. It's not an excuse. Yeah. It's real. It is. I think it is. And I think that, you know, a guy like Arline, you think about his maturation as a player. I mean, everyone expected him to be – everyone who can – anyone who can, like, shake it a little bit at quarterback now is, like, the next Malcolm Perry, which is ridiculous because, you know, he's a kid that – had to learn how to Malcolm play. Perry wasn't even the next Malcolm right. Perry. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy yeah. they brought out of the stands yeah. his freshman exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Arlan's trying is finally figuring it out a little bit and he'll be a senior next year and you know Lavatai, who knows? But I mean I think I think it's uh ripe for it. patience is not really rewarded in college sports. 
And this is an opportunity, I think, for Navy to be patient and see what happens. Okay, I like it. So, second to last question, Wags is going to ask you the last <laughs> one. But, Mike, as a color commentator, how have you evolved? Um, you know, this started kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And you and I love to watch sports together. And, you know, from the Dan Dockiches to the, you know, Jay Wrights now. Bill Rafferty. Colored, you know, you, you, you can be Raft. But you... You are not only an incredible player of the game and a student of the game, but you are now a journalist of the game. How has the game changed, and how have you like evolved your craft as a color commentator based on you know what you've seen over the last ten years? Yeah, it's a great question. This is you know I think my fourteenth or fifteenth season, um, John and. I did it. I got into it with no training, honestly. I mean, as a little boy, I used to announce, you know, with Dick Enberg doing the Notre Dame Marquette game, and I was, you know, oh my, Dick Enberg and Al McGuire live from my from my uh, kitchen announcing while I was playing by myself. Like, it's, um, but maybe that helped a little bit. I think I've evolved. Number one, because Pete Medhurst is awesome, and he makes me look good because he tees me up so well, and. Fortunately, I have some gift of being able to articulate and communicate decently well that he allows me to do that. So he's the first person that makes it all work for me. And then I think the other thing is just listening to other player uh, analysts do games, either on radio or TV. I learn what not to say or what to say. Like last night, for example, I learned a lot about maybe what not to say and what to say for that remote group from ESPNU doing the game with West Virginia. But it's, um, you, you learn a lot about the craft. I think uh, that the team has helped early on. There were some lean years uh, with Coach Chellis early on, and, and the end of the Billy Lang era, though, went well. But you know, it was kind of lean there. It's hard. We have a better product to uh, talk about, and there's more things that we can say. So that makes it fun. I just try to you know, learn as I go and, and let Pete lead me down the, the path. Well, we appreciate what you do for the brand and for the basketball program. Wags, last question is yours. Well, I'll just ask you what we've been asking all of our guests here at the end of, the, of each session is your thoughts on this game. What's your predictions? Navy, uh, you sounded from your assessment of Navy and where they're at this season. You, you feel confident. I yeah, do. Like you got some cut and slice <laughs> predictions here? Well, you know, here's, the thing I, here's the thing I don't like. The line opened up with Navy as a one-and-a-half-point underdog, and now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite? If I'm not mistaken, that's a little nerve-wracking for me because the public is generally not always the best at those predictions. Um, little side note, not that this is anything related to gambling, but since we're in a bar and we're having a good conversation, 16 years in a row. Did anyone talk about this? The Army-Navy game. No, has, we were waiting for you. The 16 Army-Navy game has I know gone this is going to be your briefing point. The Army-Navy game has gone under the total for 16 straight years. So if you put $100... On the under back in 2000, help me with my math, six or whatever, five, whatever it is. I don't know. I, can't, I, I didn't do math well. In, in 1972. Seven, yeah, whatever. Sure. And you just, winner, and then rebet, win, we bet. $3.5 million would be your bank roll, Ward. What? $3.5 If you bet the under every year and just rolled over the wins and kept betting it and betting it and betting it, Three million bucks. So, well, so anyway, let's, wow. let's ask our producer, Chris Cervello, the Jimmy the Greek of the show, what is the under, Chris? 32 and a half right now. I, I think we go over this year. I think it breaks it this it year. It breaks the street. I think yeah. it might too. So prediction for me, if we're going to go down that road, 
is 20 to 17 mids. And I think there's going to be something in special teams again, whether it's us taking something to the house, punt return, you know, or a block kick, or some weird stuff's going to happen on special teams. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd take the under again. It's just it's a grind, two grinding offenses. I think it's a low-scoring game. Yeah. I love but I do respect game. Mike Erie. So <laughs> well, seventeen he sixteen gives you the over. So I don't know. There right. you go. First oh. one to seventeen wins. I think okay. it's over. Okay. I definitely yeah. think it's over. I definitely think I'm going to lose one of Mike Erie's wives, Cutco knives, on um, this particular year. That's a but great story. for our sponsors at Dry Five, thank you for hosting us. Mike Erie, Scott Shooter, Kelly Welsh, Bill Wagner, Chris Rebello, my boy Ward Carroll. Who's Thank already you checking to, his YouTube channel? On I his know, phone. really. He's, no, he's born on Twitter. Man. I'm up Twitter. This, Pablo, this is taking forever. Pablo Beltran, Eddie Bilderback, who's supposed to be here soon, and everyone else. Thank you for listening to the pod. I know this was a long one, but we're gonna beat the shit out of Army. This is Sing Second Sports. We're out. Sing Second Sports.